0: Retail sales beat expectations, Warren Buffett with some big portfolio moves, and is Magnite a buy? This is the Running With The Money podcast. Let's get into it. Oh my, what a wild start to the day with the market going to the downside with the Dow Jones down 34 points with the NASDAQ down 92 points S&P 500 down 13 points Ross 2k down 26 points in the VIX. Up 3.91%, bouncing off uh, that $21, $22 range right there. Um, Now, taking a look at the broader market, uh, well, it's obviously down. Taking a look sector by sector, we see the semiconductors um, not having the best day of the day. Uh, On top of that, a lot of software names down today. The banks mixed Um, FinTech mixed as well. Healthcare mixed. We got a lot of mixed action. Fang down. Amazon beating the trend of the day surprisingly after like two weeks of just straight sell-off. Absolutely crazy to me. Um, And then taking a look, uh, really the rest of the market is mixed. So it's kind of just a flattish day across the market with a few opportunities. Shopify down, if I'm reading that right, 8%. Holy smokes. Um, That could be a major buying opportunity, people. Yeah, Shopify down 8% right now. Um, Down 114 points, wowza that could be a buy it had a huge run into earnings they delivered earnings I have not taken a look at those we will definitely be posting our thoughts um, on Shopify earnings on Twitter but not at the current moment, but it looks like, you know, Shopify currently on 8%. Um, If those were good numbers that Shopify delivered, I'm sure this could be seen as an opportunity too many, something to check out, go check out Shopify. But taking a look at the broader market today, um, that is what we got. Taking a look at some of the headlines today, you know, COVID-19 numbers, those things are continuing to rise, but it looks like COVID-19 numbers are finally starting to peak thank goodness. Um, but, you, you know, if you look at the chart of COVID-19 numbers, if you take a look, there is definitely a major peak, finally, in the numbers. We've, we are seeing a major decline in COVID-19 spread. Um, and this is a net positive. This is huge and it's very exciting. Um, hopefully, as the vaccine rollout continues, we can get rid of this virus so travel can start again and the world can reopen. Um, so, can't wait for that. But, Retail sales. We have to talk about retail sales per usual. Um, every once in a little bit, retail sales come out and the market makes a big deal of it. Well, they came out today in, my oh my, a huge beat um, versus the expectations. So, retail sales came in at 5.3% for the first time in 2021. Um well, increased 5.3%. The expectation for retail sales was was that retail sales would increase 1.2%. And well, they simply went up way more to 5.3%. So more than doubling the expected increase in retail sales. Uh, The leaders out of retail sales, electronics and appliances increased 14.7%. Furniture and home furnishing stores increased 12%. Online spending at non-store retailers went up 11% and food and drink increased 6.9%, even though it was one of the hardest hit sectors um, across all of the retail market. So definitely big stuff there. The market saw that as positive, And then some other data came out and the market didn't really like that data. But overall, retail sales solid. Um, the economy overall, you take a look, we're definitely still struggling. Whether we see a quick comeback or not, that is all relative um, to, you know, when COVID-19 finally dies out and all the states fully reopen. If you take a look state by state, there's a lot States with very low unemployment numbers, um, very low unemployment percentages, and then you have states like New York and California who are still all the way closed up, and their population is so large, um, and their unemployment is so high that it, on an overall basis, um, the average unemployment across the United States is still um, quite high. Uh, so definitely something we need to get fixed. Um, and you know when you get policies that we've been getting, you know, such policies we've been getting out of um, the government so far, which isn't much because they've been busy uh, with, you know, political stuff like impeachment. Um, and I think we can all agree they should be focused on the American people, not impeachment. But who cares? Whatever. That's politics. We're not here to talk about politics. We're here to talk about the stock market. So anyway, um, taking a look at the stock market, you know, there are definitely uh, correlations between the stock market and the economy. Uh, they don't follow each other, clearly, because the stock market has been rallying throughout a global recession really due to COVID-19, so it's quite crazy, um, but... I definitely do see an economic comeback uh, on the rise. I think the economy has been on its way back for quite a while, um, and it's definitely a V-shape. But, you know, some people argue it's a V-shape. I argue it's a V-shape. Uh, most of the economy has recovered, but it's very uh, sector-specific when it comes to the recession. Um, and there are some industries that are still way behind, especially in those lower-wage jobs. Um, there's, you know, not high demand for those lower-wage jobs right now because so many places are closed. Um, that require lower-wage jobs. Uh, So that is definitely something to take a look at. Remember um, that the economy is still coming back, and there are a lot of opportunities on the recovery trade um, that I believe you can take to be successful. We're going to talk about those, um, but I do like Disney as a recovery play and Boeing. They're both two of my holdings. Wells Fargo is another one. I think you have to position yourself in the comeback recovery plays um, that I think are going to do well throughout the back end of this year, um, and I'm very excited to see what happens. But Taking a look overall, uh, you know, that's about it when it comes to stock market data and the economy, but we often have to talk about uh, Warren Buffett uh, making some big moves. Yes, that's right. Warren Buffett, uh, we're finally getting information on this. Berkshire and Warren made some big moves per usual. So, the secret additions to Berkshire's portfolio turned out to just be Verizon and Chevron. Um, Verizon, to me, is not really surprising. Uh, Warren Buffett, really, after I looked through his portfolio uh, a few times, he really needed a clear Clear, straight shot 5G play. Um, and well, I think Verizon is exactly that. Their network is awesome. Their 5G um, business and expansion on the 5G is going to be huge. Um, and I'm very excited to see that. Chevron, another play, an energy play, an oil play. Um, I'm a huge fan of that, actually. I think energy um it's very specific in energy. There's some names I think have a big comeback. I'm um, I think that are going to do very well throughout 2020. And then there's a lot of names that I don't think are going to do well at all. Um, energy is very specific. Um, you almost have to have a specific catalyst for the company or, you know, you know, the best of breed when it comes to a certain market sector. Um, now, Berkshire also trimmed Apple, which is not a surprise um, given that Apple has literally gone up to all time highs I mean it went up all the way up to 143 Um, they've had solid numbers consistently so I'm not real surprised that they are trimming their Apple position their number one position Um, that's what a good trader and investor does you know you have a position and you make a crap ton of money on it and if you have a crap ton of paper gains well you trim it you lock in some of those games uh, gains it makes sense to me so I like that move Um, Berkshire also added Marsh and McClellan to their portfolio um, but but they cut JP Morgan, they trimmed Wells Fargo, and they closed out his PNC position their PNC position and their Barrick Gold position. Um, so those were some major moves there. I was kind of uh, surprised to see that they closed the Barrick Gold position. I think gold is much more upside. I think we're going to see a lot of inflation, especially if we get another massive stimulus bill, which I don't think we need one, um, you know, $1.9 trillion. That's definitely going to hurt, um, I believe, what the overall economy, it could overheat it. And remember, it's not the government's job to heat the economy. Um, typically, the economies are boosted or you know slowed down by the amount of regulation um, on the market. Uh, So, you know, if they continue to deregulate, which is unlikely, the economy will likely continue to come back and grow. But if they continue to overregulate or regulate simply put more restrictions on companies and businesses and make it harder to start a business, um, well, that is going to be much tougher uh, for the overall economy to come back. Uh, But I was surprised to see that they closed out the Barrett gold position, especially given uh, the likelihood of another stimulus being passed, which would absolutely throw, I believe, inflation on a long term basis into crazy land. And therefore, I think you see big increases in gold um, in assets that typically do well in high inflation scenarios. But, you know, that's a bit odd for me to see. It was surprising. Um, But when it comes to what what are they increasing uh, in? They are increasing their positions in Merck, uh, Bristol Myers Squibb, AbbVie and Kroger. Um, I liked all of those. Uh, You know, they're really big in the healthcare right now. They've been adding the healthcare a lot, and typically healthcare is seen as a defensive. Um, Now, I understand why, because if you have a long-term view, um, the healthcare names right now are extremely cheap. Nearly all of them are super-duper cheap compared to the rest of the market, um, and, you know, typical Warren Buffett style buy something that is below the value it should be at. Um and apparently he thinks that the healthcare names are undervalued comparatively to where they should be at. And I happen to agree with him. The healthcare names have definitely been overlooked. Um and I like them. Uh, uh for the long term, not the short term. I don't think they're a quick trade. For the long term, I think they're excellent. Now, um following, you know, that whole rundown of all the moves he's made, um, I'm just going to read off their top holdings here. Uh, so, taking a look at Berkshire Hathaway's top holdings as of um, you know the latest report: Apple, Bank of America, Coca-Cola, Kraft Heinz, um, American Express, Verizon Communications, Moody's, uh, U.S. Bank Corp, DaVita, and of course Chevron. Um, so, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten holdings um, you know the top 10 holdings of Berkshire Hathaway quite strong um, I'm kind of surprised they've done nothing with Kraft Heinz that stock has just not been doing amazing I'm kind of worried about the long-term aspects of Kraft Heinz it will be interesting to see um, what Berkshire does with this in you know the long term but those are their top holdings, and they all seem quite strong. Now, we have another big investor to talk about, and that is Stanley Drunkenmiller. Um, man, oh man, he is making a big uh, bet in the streaming space, dumping Disney. Uh, no, not Disney, dumping Netflix and buying more Disney. I apologize for that mistake, but insane. Uh, so taking a look, uh, currently, Miller's top holdings are Microsoft, T-Mobile, Amazon, Freeport, Mick Moran, uh, Palo Alto Networks, C-Limited, Penn National Gaming, Nuance Communications, Starbucks, Disney, Carvana, and MicroLibre. Um, and if you take a look at what they've recently done, the buys and sells, they increased significantly their position in Disney, All the while, significantly, well, they sold off completely their Netflix position, which is surprising to me. And, you know, it is surprising to me in the aspect that Netflix is still a strong streaming player. In fact, they're the leader in space. Um, So that is definitely a big bet to make, a big decision to make almost, to get rid of Netflix entirely and buy into Disney more. Um, Now, I like the move, but I wouldn't have sold Netflix completely. Um, In fact, if I were building a streaming portfolio... I would do 50-50, maybe 75-25 Disney, and then Netflix as my second streaming position because I do think that the two are going to lead the streaming space. Um, And I have noted before that Netflix does have issues. Um, They definitely need, I believe, to keep their demand increasing, continually increasing, and continually growing. I think they need to come up with newer content. Um, The issue I have with Netflix is every time I get on there, and typically this is the same issue everyone else has that I talk to you get on there and everything's old. Everything is years old. They don't have much new content. And if they do have new content, it's not blockbuster stuff. It is kind of in-house Netflix stuff that's not entirely amazing. Um so that is uh my worry is that, you know, Netflix is going to start running out of content that they can put on the Netflix platform because everyone else is coming out with their own streaming platform. So that definitely is a worry to me when it comes to Netflix, but I think that they will figure that out. Uh um, management has done an excellent job so far and I have no reason to mistrust uh management And I think they will definitely do well in transforming um, the Netflix platform and get newer content on there, only improving um, the whole entire Netflix, uh, I I would say, feeling array um, platform. Uh, I definitely do think there are improvements to be made, but I think they continue to grow and people continue to love Netflix. So I'm not super worried about Netflix. Now, taking a look at the individual name we always talk about on the show, we always talk about an individual name for you newcomers here. Um always. Uh, So we'll go through the latest headlines and then we go through an individual name and we're going to go through today, Magnite. Um, And is Magnite a buy? Well, I do think it's a buy if it sells off and presents an opportunity, but definitely not at all time highs. So taking a look at Magnite, um, Magnite is a major sell side advertising platform in which provides an automated system to purchase and sell digital advertising. Uh, in recent news, Magnite acquired Spot X, a leading connected TV or otherwise known as CTV and video advertising company for $1.17 billion. The deal consists of $560 million in cash and 14 million 14 million shares of Magnite stock. Now, according to man- management, the Spot X acquisition will form the largest independent CTV video advertising platform. Now, taking a look at SpotX itself, um, the company reported total preliminary non gaap net revenues of tw- for 2020 of $116 million with $67 million being CTV, which is the core um, part of the digital as business that uh, Magnite wants to target. So overall, the SpotX acquisition is a positive for Magnite and management looks forward to the future. With management noting, quote, sellers have been looking for a scaled, independent alternative to giant companies who dominate the CTV market, CEO Michael Barrett said. Furthermore, Barrett went on to note that, "quote, the combination of Magnite and SpotX will make this a reality by bringing together the best CTV technologies and teams at a critical time." Excellent stuff right there. A good move, in my opinion, by uh, Magnite management. Now, um, furthermore, uh, digging into the most recent quarter, Magnite beat Q3 expectations with an EPS of $0.06, cents, much better than the analyst consensus estimate, a negative $0.04. Cents. On a year-over-year basis, EPS improved 400%. Now, Magnite also reported solid revenues of $61 million for Q3, representing a 62% increase. Yes, that's right. Um percent increase in revenues on a year-over-year basis for comparison q3 2019 revenues totaled 37.6 million dollars so definitely a huge increase in revenues now breaking down revenues ctv revenues totaled 11.1 million dollars in q3 representing a strong 51 percent increase in revenues on a year over year basis now as for net loss magnite reported a 10.5 million dollar net loss i know but a greater loss um it is a greater loss than the 2019 same time level, which makes it even worse. And furthermore, uh, adjusted EBDA operating expenses increased $47.2 million from $31.5 million. Now, yes, it is the net loss increase is worrying to me. It's definitely something I am interested in, and I am trying to figure out why the net loss increased more. Um, that is something I would like to know. G- get, you know, just. Odd numbers out of there, Uh, definitely a negative, not a positive, but the expenses uh, was expected. Um, At the end of the day, it takes money to make money, and if a company is growing, you know, 62% increase in revenues, the likelihood is, is their costs are definitely going to increase as well. Now, on the bright side, um, the adjusted to margin improved to 23%. That is a significant increase from the Q3 2019 level of 16%. Love it. Now, Magnite Management also provided guidance, expecting Q4 2020 revenues, of seventy-two million dollars to seventy-five million dollars. Now, along with an adjusted ebna margin of thirty percent in Q4, I absolutely love that guidance. It's bullish, it's strong, and I think they're going to, uh, you know, hit their goals. Um, at the end of the day, management has delivered, um, especially with the SpotX acquisition. I love it, and I think that uh, you know the company can continue to grow, especially in this digital ad space, which I think is only going to continue to grow. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Now, overall, management is positive about the. Future future quote we are pleased to post strong third quarter results with growth growth across all platforms including ctv non-ctv video mobile and display and these trends are continuing into the fourth quarter ceo michael barrett said now shifting into the balance sheet we always have to shift into the balance sheet get into the balance sheet and see what's going on total debt they have no debt on the balance sheet love it um and then total liabilities Five hundred and ten million dollars. Total assets, eight hundred and sixty six million dollars, cash and short term investments of one hundred and four million dollars. So the balance sheet is not bad at all. In fact, it is strong. Now, on a valuation basis, the forward price to earnings is three hundred and thirty five point three three times. Not excited about that. I don't like crazy valuations, especially not three hundred and thirty three. Uh three hundred and thirty five times uh forward price to earnings, but it is something to note. Uh, price to sales of 36.78 times. Price to book at 19.18 times. And the price to cash flow of a huge 483.64 times. So overall, Magnite is trading at a premium. And that is something to note um, when, you know, doing all of your research on this investment, possible investment, um, and whether you really want to buy in at such a high premium. Now, taking a look at management, they could definitely be more effective with a return on equity of negative 25.11% a return on assets of 2 Negative 9.62% and return on invested capital of negative 22.5%. So my oh my, they could definitely um, use some work there. Management could be more effective. Now, when it comes to the analyst, they are bearish, man. With a high with a mean price target of forty-seven point two six dollars per share. That represents a roughly twenty percent loss. Um, and then a high price target of seventy per share, which is you know, roughly a 15% gain when well, the low price target is 18.30 dollars per share and that's like a 70% loss so overall the analysts are just not bullish on this one and i don't think they're looking at the long term on magnite i think that magnite will beat expectations now the big money, quite involved. 73.32% of Magnite is owned by institutions. Top holders include the Regulars, BlackRock Institutional Trust, Granahan Investment Management, and the Vanguard Group. So overall, what do I think of Magnite? I think it's run a little too far, a little too fast. But I think if this stock pulls back, which it looks like it could start to, I think it's an awesome buy. Where would I target it? Well, if the stock can get down to, I would say the $40 range, if it can get down there or around there, I would be very interested in it. Um, and I think it will be able to continue back on its upward trend. Um, but this stock has absolutely exploded in the past few weeks. Um, and I think you'd be buying at a top, uh, if you were to buy it now. Uh, but, On the flip side of that, not taking a look at technicals, looking at the fundamentals, you know, they have, it's a solid digital advertising name with a solid management team, increasing revenues and a strong balance sheet in that perfect mix inside of a growing industry, the digital ad space, um, I think is huge. And I definitely do think that uh, there is a big opportunity here in Magnite for the long term. Uh, So that's definitely a company to check out. So that is the show today. Thank you all for listening. I will see you with another episode of the Running With Money podcast on Friday, um, where hopefully we'll be talking about a green market, but who knows? Eat, sleep, profit, trade on, and I will see you then.